0: Warning. this show may contain adult language that is not suitable for all audiences.
1: This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini.
0: Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I each and every week by the lone member of the, of the not the Bazooka Kickboxing Hall of Fame, but you, I mean, if you were to open that, you could probably be the, uh, the lone member of that as well, but the lone member of the Glory Kickboxing Hall of Fame, prestigious Kickboxing Hall of Fame, Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Joe, how are you?
2: I'm pretty good here. A little different studio for me today. I'm on the run, but uh, never more excited to talk about UFC fights.
0: We'll call it a mobile studio.
2: There you go. I like that.
0: <laughs> You're on the move. I noticed your sunroof is open, I, I think, or is it just the, uh, the, the shade is, uh, is, cl- is not uh, closed? It's the
2: shade. No, not sunroof. It's still too cold. Come on. We're in Canada. My car is saying minus 5 degrees. I'm definitely not having no sunroof open.
0: I had mine open That's the other day. Sure. It was like 6 degrees, and I had the sunroof open.
2: Yeah, it's, you're one of those, I guess, those patio people that it's freezing outside in the winter, but they still want to do their patios to get that little touch of summer. I respect it, though.
0: I'm not one of those people, I but I am a sunroof it. guy. Like if yeah. I can open the sunroof and like it's it's not like freezing out, I will do that because I like it.
2: I do. Me too. It just gives me that nice little feel, even if it's just that little small little bit to get that air. That's uh, a in for it.
0: All right. Well, except for today, because it, like you said, it's very windy and frigid yeah. today up here in Toronto uh yeah. let's talk about th- this past weekend's main event we had jamal hill knocking out johnny walker in the first round and since then it seems like people have been making memes about johnny walker which johnny has not been happy about jamal hill has not been happy about uh but at the same time let's just talk about the fight itself first uh what did you think of the performance of jamal hill
2: i thought uh i mean i predicted him to win i i, I thought you know Inside the distance, too, which uh, he got it done. But uh, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked great. And uh, what impressed me the most about it was his ability to switch stances. You know, I'm a technician when it comes to it. So the fact that he was able to switch stances and then still get that big knockout, I thought it was impressive.
0: Yeah, definitely. And this is a guy who really is on the rise. I think, that, I think there's a lot of really good matchups for him now. Volkan Uzdemir called him out. I like that matchup. And I also like the Dominic Reyes. Yeah. Uh, about if, if Dominic Reyes, I don't know when he was planning on coming back. I know he was planning on taking a year off, but if Dominic Reyes would come back and face Jamal Hill, that would be an amazing
2: matchup. Oh, yeah. And Jamal Hill, like, I thought he was a big guy, but just seeing him in that cage with Johnny Walker, he looked small to me that night. So I w- in the first round there, I was a little hesitant. I'm like, man, Johnny Walker's bigger than I uh, last remembered.
0: Well, Walker's a huge light heavyweight. I mean, he's like six foot six, he's a big guy. I've, I've been with Johnny a couple of times uh, in person, and he's, he's a big dude.
2: Yeah, and now, and now the, what's the narrative? I heard something that there's even talks about him going to heavyweight,
0: Johnny Walker. I haven't heard that. You know, this is the thing with Johnny Walker; they're getting top opponent after top opponent, and he's earned that because he was beating a lot of the kind of lower tier guys at light heavyweight. But at the same time, I feel like they need to give this guy a confidence boosting fight. They need to give him somebody yeah. that he's going to be able to be Johnny Walker against. This is the thing with Johnny Walker, and I, what I worry his ceiling is. Is that when he can be Johnny Walker and he can do the stuff that has made him successful, he's an exciting fighter. He gets a lot of momentum and people yeah. get behind him. But when he faces the higher level guys in the division, he just has not had a lot of success.
2: Yeah, and now, now the the thing is, I, I just was listening to Luke Thomas talk about it. Um, there seems to be a lot of um, people blaming SVG, you know, as saying, "Is it the gym? Is it the coach?" And I have to really disagree with that. I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, SBG would be the one to kind of hold him back. I mean, if you're looking at Johnny Walker as a, a martial artist and me as a coach, it would be, hey, I want your crazy moments. We want that. We never want to get rid of that. But you need to mix those crazy moments with good technique, good distance control, getting hit a little less. So I think the approach is there. It's just like you said, Johnny Walker is fighting big, strong, powerful and good guys.
0: Yeah, I mean the the bigger red flag to me wasn't this fight. It was actually the Thiago Santos fight because he just looked so tentative in that fight. He wasn't pulling the trigger. He was fighting a very technical fight, and he, you know, he had almost turned into like a, a five round fighter, like a guy that is relying on you know technique. But what what has yeah. always made Johnny Walker special is his explosiveness, his his, uh, his athleticism. Like these are the kind of things that if you take that away from him, he's just going to be another fighter in this division. To me, he's the—he needs to go out and he needs to try to finish guys early like he used to do. Now, of course, he's putting himself in big risk situations by doing that, but at the same time, I just don't know what his ceiling is in this division. Like, I I don't think that he is. I think it's fair to say that he's not going to be able to reach the championship level with the lack of durability that he has.
2: And I mean, at, at this point now, like, I mean, it's crazy to say because it was a very hard shot from Jamal Hill, but that kind of shot shouldn't put you out that way, in my opinion. You know, like the, the, the punch kind of hit the top of the head or the forehead where it's the hardest part of the head. So I don't necessarily thought a shot should have made you kind of freeze up and go out zombie style like that. But I mean, I don't know. It could be a little bit, like you said, scared to get hit and cautious a little bit more, but. At the end of the day, it's holding him back, being, you know, that little bit of timid cautiousness. But I don't know what it is. I mean, I think it's, uh, at this point now, it's probably a lot mental. Like you said, he needs that fight to get a win because he needs to be confident again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that they need to start matching him up with somebody who is going to be a more beatable opponent next time around. This guy's going to give you exciting fights. Like, whether he's on the winning end or the losing end of those fights... As long as he's not trying to be a point fighter like he was against Thiago Santos, if he can be himself and go back to taking higher risks, you're going to see more exciting fights from Johnny Walker. And I hope he proves me wrong. I hope that Johnny Walker, you know, my, my dealings with Johnny Walker is—he's a very nice guy. He's a very confident guy, a very funny guy, uh, and a real character in the sport. I like to see guys like that succeed. He just seems like a gen- like a genuine good guy. Um, and you, you see yeah. the work that he did with Misha Zverkinov after they fought, and that he asked Misha to be in his corner. Like he just seems like a guy. That is very gracious and wants to learn as much as possible. And I want to see somebody like that succeed, but, you know, and I just worry that that might not be possible at this juncture in his career. Like, can he get into the top three of this division and, and contend for a title? I don't know. But I think that the UFC needs to know what they have with Johnny Walker and put him in a position to succeed because he's going to give you exciting fights if you give him the right opponents.
2: Yeah. Now, what do you think about uh, Hill's ceiling now?
0: Well, I think that his ceiling is pretty much unlimited. Like, He seems to be getting better with each fight. I know he got caught by Paul Craig in their fight and uh, basically got injured in that fight. But uh, you you see his last two fights, and this is a guy who I think um, has what it takes to get into the upper echelon of this division. Uh, I do think he needs to fight that kind of top five guy to clear that. And Volkan Uzdemir seems to be that gatekeeper, like the guy that if you beat Volkan Uzdemir, that's how people know that you're legit in this division. I think that is a fight that makes a lot of sense for him. And I think the Dominic Reyes is another one. I think that those are two of the fighters where if you get past them, now we know that what we're dealing with in this division. I don't know if Johnny Walker is quite at that tier. So I think that that would kind of be the next logical step for Jamal Hill. And then we also have that Ankalaev versus Santos fight. If Ankalaev wins that fight, maybe you put Jamal Hill against him and it's almost like a title eliminator at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, we really haven't seen, I mean, you can prove me wrong, but uh, have we really seen Hill have to use his grappling in his wrestling outside of maybe the like a Paul Craig fight?
0: I'm not really, but that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't have it. He he seems to me like one of these guys that uh, doesn't need to use a ground game, but has it in his back pocket. Like, it, it seems like he okay. wants the fight to be contested on the feet. He's got big power. He's got good, you know, good technical striking, good head movement. Um, seems to know what he's doing in that regard, and but also comes, I, I believe, from a jiu-jitsu background. Like, I think that's what his first um, martial arts dialect that he kind of studied was, was jiu-jitsu, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that he has the ground game in his back pocket, but um, you know, similar to a Bobby Green who we're going to see in the main event this weekend who seems like a total stand-up guy, like a stand-up striker and all that. He, I believe he was a state champion in wrestling. Like uh, I don't know. I believe it was at yeah. the, uh, the high school level, but um, I think he was a state champion. He was... Uh, really good wrestler, but you wouldn't know that from watching him compete
2: and the way that he fights. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it makes a lot of good sense. I mean, I just think of, like, you know, the Glovers in, of the division, right? Where even, like, uh, I know Misha Surkinov's down-away class, but those guys were all able to mix it up really well, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, Misha's going to be in the co-main event this weekend against Wellington Sherman. Uh, we'll get to that card a little bit later on. I'm trying to think if there's... Uh, Anything else this past week? Anything stand out to you this past weekend that we, uh, we can talk about?
1: Um, I don't
2: have the card in front of me, but I can kind of, if you can reflect on it, if you can bring some up. I'm
0: pulling it up right now. So we've got our co-main event, Kyle Dawkins gets a submission win over uh, Jamie oh, yeah. Pickett.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, one second left in the first round. Uh, Kyle Dawkins is just so crafty with his submissions. Uh, looked great, uh, I thought, against Jamie Pickett.
2: And that was one of your, I believe, one of your TSN edge picks as well. Yeah, we
0: won't talk about the rest of them. We'll just talk about that one. Okay. That was the, the I know. rest, of them, the rest of them. I was tanked. just gonna say,
2: you didn't do very good because I followed a lot of your picks. You yeah. told me to bet the house, so but I know that one I went with and I got it.
0: Well, the the one that I was really confident on was Christian Rodriguez, and I thought he looked really good against Jonathan Pierce. But uh, we can get that a little bit later on. Parker Porter gets a, a decision win over Alan Baudot. Um, Probably the least exciting fight on the card, but still a, a decent fight. Uh, I thought Porker, uh, Porter won the first and third round. Um, I just called him Porker, which is not a great thing to call a heavyweight fighter. But uh, Yeah, I was just going to say, I was yeah. going to let
2: that slide.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, uh, that actually is a shout out to the, uh, the MMA analysis who uh, have a nickname. Uh, for him, but, he, uh, even, I bet
2: you. I'm sure Parker's been called that when he was young, maybe, and that's why he's so tough. Man, that's why we so got into martial arts because people were calling yeah, him that, and uh, yeah. he wasn't a fan. Exactly.
0: He looks like a guy you'd want on your police force, like Parker Porter. Oh yeah, just I feel like serious, he'd be a great police officer. Thick.
2: Oh yeah, like, he just seems like a nice guy too, though. You know which you need in a police officer, but you don't want to mess with him at the same time. Exactly. So that's that's that exactly nice the kind
0: of police officer I envision him to be. A guy that like. It would be nice to the uh, the civilians, but you wouldn't want to mess with in a uh, in, a, in exactly. a tense situation.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, but yeah, I like I said, I don't think as a big boy though, I think he lacks that big pop. You know, he doesn't have that like explosiveness. It's just almost like uh, it's more like consistent good good conditioning for a bigger guy, yeah, but it's more motor. consistent in. And, mo- and more, the the word, I don't know if it makes sense to somebody, but like more of a monotone style fighter. He doesn't fight with big bursts of energy, right? So it's more like consistent.
0: Yeah, I, I've always been, um I've always really liked to see how he fights because he just, he just goes all three rounds strong. But like you said, I guess he doesn't really have that kind of pop that you would like to see from a heavyweight. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, He's not going to have success in this division uh, with somebody who can just kind of wear out his opponents. I'd actually like to see him fight Arlovsky next. I think that would be a good matchup. Um, two guys oh, that like yeah, nice. the, the distance and um, would be a good technical fight. Um, Jim Miller defeats Nicholas Moda. I mean, Jim Miller, just yeah. this guy This guy never, never seems to go away.
2: <laughs> and it's funny, too. Like This whole week at bazooka kickboxing, I've been referencing two things from Jim Miller. I mean, the first one, I mean, this is a big thing for uh, the technicians listening. The way, because I've been teaching my MMA guys this, it's using the Superman punch to close distance. Beautiful. He got in, boom, Superman punch, got the uh, motor against the cage. And then once against the cage, you know, Jim Miller doing Jim Miller things, like he got in good. And then the way he was closing distance, so he did one with a Superman the second one was a lunging left hook, or was it a right hook at that time? And ended up getting, uh, you know, the finish off of that lunging hook. So I was very impressed. I, uh, I actually bet Jim Miller as, a, as an underdog bet and came through.
0: It seems like it was a popular bet, so uh, kudos to everybody who went in that direction. Uh, Joaquin Buckley defeats Abdul Razak Al Hassan, Split decision win. Uh, an interesting fight because I thought that it really kind of came down to a, a very close first round in deciding who won that fight. I personally thought Al Hassan won the first round, but it seems like the majority of people thought Buckley won it. Uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan showed that he had the gas tank to go all three. He actually had a a pretty dominant third round, but he has still never won a fight that has gone outside of the first round. He's, uh, he's,
2: He's big. He's strong, man. He's powerful, but unless you can set things up and control that, I mean, I guess, I think if anything, it kind of showed a lot for him because he was able to go three rounds and he did a good job wrestling in that third round, too.
0: Yeah, used a lot of his judo, which he typically hasn't had to fall back on because he's got that big power. But uh, the judo tend to, tended to really help him down the stretch in that fight, but not enough to beat Joaquin Buckley. Uh, David Onama defeats Gabriel Benitez. This guy is impressive. He, he knocked out Benitez with like one eye. His, he said he could barely see when he got that finish. But uh, this is a, a great fighter on of glory MMA with uh, James Krause and seems to have a big future in this uh, featherweight division.
2: Yeah, no, he looked good. I mean, every time I think James Crow seemed extra excited for some reason with that win. You know, It just seems to have Which so much nice. outside.
0: Uh Stephanie Egger, speaking of judo, uses her judo to her advantage, takes down Jessica Rose Clark and submits her in the first round. And nobody's beaten Jessica Rose like that. Uh, a massive win for Stephanie Egger, the biggest of her career. Yeah, I mean that was
2: seemed quick and didn't really get to get anything going, but a good armbar is a good armbar.
0: Chaz Skelly defeats Mark Striegel, uh, TKO. Might be his retirement fight. I spoke to Chaz last week, and uh, it seems like he's not really closing the door. He says that he's assuming this is going to be his last fight, but said that he'll stay in the USADA pool, and if anything that interests him comes along, he uh, will take a leave from his job-selling roofing uh, that he's doing with his brother and uh, maybe get back in there once again. So uh, kudos to Chaz Skelly if this is his last fight. Uh, Had a very fun UFC career, and nice to see him go out on a win.
2: Yeah, it was funny. His post-fight interview was pretty cool, too. Even promoting his, his business. I liked it. Seemed like a, a nice, cool guy.
0: Hey, you got the platform. You, you do it. Uh, yeah, hell like yeah.
2: That. I'd be pumping Bazooka Training all day on that mic. Like, all day. I wouldn't stop.
0: Yeah, bazookatraining.com if you're interested. Uh, Joe, Joe's shouting it out on this show, so let's give it a full plug. Bazookatraining.com. You can you learn go. from the
2: best. That's it. Always plugging. <laughs>
0: Gloria De Paula defeats Diana Belbitza by unanimous decision. Uh, good technical striking uh, bout. Uh, I thought Belbizza did enough to win, but uh, the judges thought otherwise.
2: Yeah, I didn't get uh, a full glimpse at that. The the four p.m. early starts get me here at Bazooka because we don't finish till a little bit later. But uh, no, I mean I got to rewatch that. But she seemed disappointed, and it seemed like it was a close fight from when, like I think I saw the last round possibly.
0: Well, it just seemed like the judges weren't um, valuing the body work that she was doing. She was doing some great work to the body of DePaola. Uh It didn't really seem to slow Paula down, but I I feel like she didn't get enough credit for uh, the, the big shots that she was landing to the lower body. So, um, you know, I guess it's a judge's preference, or maybe they have a closer— they've got a better seat than I do so they can see what is landing better, and, that, and they thought that Paula won that fight. Uh, Chad and Heliger defeats Jesse Strader. They didn't give a fight of the night bonus out, but if they did, it should have gone to this fight. This was a great fight, good back and forth. Uh, and Helliger um, puts his foot on the gas in the third and knocks out Strader with an, a beautiful counter. So, uh, shout out to the Canadian getting his first UFC win on his debut. Jonathan Pierce defeats Christian Rodriguez. Um, Rodriguez looked good in this fight, fighting up a weight class against Jonathan Pierce, uh, but short notice against the guy as good as Pierce. Uh, fell short in that one. Mario Bautista defeats Jay Perrin. Uh, Kind of a one-sided fight. Perrin taking the fight also on very short notice. So uh, we're going to see him again in the Octagon at some point in time. And uh, Bautista in the win column on that one. So uh, that's this event. But now next week, I guess this week, Saturday, we got uh, Islam Makhachev taking on Bobby Green in the main event. Green taking the fight on short notice at uh, 160-pound catchweight. Should be an interesting one. Bobby Green has uh, had a lot of success in the last couple of years. And we'll see how he responds to this gigantic opportunity.
2: Man, I think Bobby Green has a good chance, as crazy as it sounds. I mean, I think he's someone who I always talk. There's there's fighters and then there's like martial arts athletes. You know, Bobby Green is a little bit of both, you know, but he's got that fight mentality where like, He's going to go. Whether he wins or lose, I feel that you're going to have to scrap the Bobby Green. So I think he's in a good position. I think he's got the momentum. I don't love that he didn't have a full camper. But again, I've seen that a lot of times play in the favor of the fighter because they don't have time to stress out. They don't have time to overthink of this guy's wrestling or how good he is. He's just going to go and fight like he knows how and he knows how to fight really well. And he's so experienced.
0: Yeah, so obviously a very large underdog going into this one, and uh, I think Makhachev will probably get a title shot off a win, even though it's uh, against an unranked opponent in Bobby Green. It just seems like he is next in line, and probably would have been had he defeated uh, Benilde Ryush, who had to pull out with a, a fibula injury. It sounds like a bad injury, but uh, he might, might try to rehab it instead of have to undergo surgery. But uh, this is a, an interesting main event stylistically, because on the feet, I think that Green can really sting Makhachev um, if it's days on the feet, but of course Makhachev's wrestling is uh, up there with anybody in the UFCs.
2: Well, and we never really got to see Bobby Green wrestle too much. I mean, he's just so good with that, you know, Philly shell and the way he rolls his punches that I don't know if, how good Bobby's Green wrestling is. Apparently, it's good. I guess it's the this is the weekend we find out how good.
0: Yeah, and I mean he's. Fantastic on the feet, like uh, like I just mentioned. But I, I don't think that Makhachev's strategy is to keep this on the feet. I think that he's going to try to take this down as quickly as possible and uh, and fish for submissions if he can find one.
2: Yeah. Now, tw- in 2022, we see uh, Islam fight for a title? I think so.
0: But uh, I think that the Makhachev versus Olivera, if he's able to beat Gaethje, I think that's a really intriguing matchup. And I also think Gaethje versus Makhachev is an intriguing matchup. But uh, after watching... Gaethje versus Habib. are we going to see more of the same in that direction? I, I don't know, but uh, I do know that Gechi has the power to knock anybody out early, so that, that would be interesting. The thing about Oliveira that interests me is, like, if Makhachev takes him down, Oliveira's going to throw the kitchen sink at him, which, uh, you know, that's why I, I kept saying that I thought Oliveira versus Habib would have been a really interesting stylistic matchup, and I was saying it at the time uh, prior to Oliveira having this, you know, huge boost in his career where he made it to, to a championship level. But uh, just from a stylistic standpoint, you know, everybody was saying Tony Ferguson is this great matchup for, uh, or sorry, is a bad matchup for Khabib for that reason. If Khabib took him down, Ferguson would be great off of his back and be able to throw stuff at him. And I think Oliveira has that skill times two;
2: Like, he's just that good off his back. Yeah, and that's almost the key is you have to be offensive jujitsu on your back against these guys because they're going to get top position, you know, like... How many times have you seen Habib on his back? You, you're probably barely going to see Maheshav on his back. So, I mean, you're going to have to attack from there. So I think you're right that that type of threat, if you have it in your back pocket, it's almost like your only chance. You get a quick moment when the fight starts to try to land your hands your kicks or something. And even with those guys, you're probably barely going to kick because you're scared for them to grab everything. So you have a few seconds on the feet to land some punches and then attacks off your back. That's got to be your priority. You know, no matter how much you wrestle, they're going to take you down. You know, it's just what you're going to do from the takedown or the pre-takedown.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is just, I think, going to be a very fun main event. I'm very curious to see how it plays out. I think the more likely scenario is that Mahashev ends up getting a takedown and a sub at some point in the first and second round. I think that's probably how people would predict this one goes. But with Bobby Green, I think he's going to be in Islam's face. And uh, with his wrestling background that, like we discussed a little bit earlier in the show, people don't really acknowledge, I think that's uh, going to be, uh, you know, possibly a factor in this fight. So let's see how that one goes. Uh, the co-main event, Misha Zerkunov taking on Wellington Terman. Uh, Misha's second bout at middleweight, and I was listening to an interview with him earlier uh, with James Lynch. And he was talking about how he he put too much pressure on himself to make 185. He felt like he he did too much and he was too concerned about it and it really kind of took away a lot of his strength on fight night, and that he's approaching it very differently this time around. And the other thing I learned from that interview is that he's not really working at Extreme Couture anymore. He's working with, like, a select group of partners that he's working with at the PI and at Drysdale at BJJ, but it seems like he is no longer training at Extreme Couture, which I found to be quite interesting.
2: Yeah, now, can you give me a, a quick recap on Misha's last fight? Yeah, he fought Chris, uh, Christoph Jotko. I it was Jotko. his first middleweight.
0: Yeah, unanimous decision lost to Christoph Jotko. I thought that Misha won one of the two, one of the three rounds, if I recall, but uh, ended up losing that fight.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just Misha. I mean, I think Misha plays a lot mentally. I feel like you know, like I've, uh, I think when Misha's on strong and mentally and everything's going well, like Misha's always going to be a threat you know like if Misha grabs you it's a threat you know like even his striking has improved and developed it kind of I didn't know he wasn't working but I knew he was close with Ray Seppo and I think that's where maybe a lot of the striking improvements came from I would assume but uh yeah I mean I just think when Misha's on he's on he can move well kick and you know I'll always be a Misha fan and supporter so uh hoping the best
0: yeah, and Wellington Turman, uh, I think, is a very, very winnable opponent for Misha Surkinov. Uh, You know, Turman looked pretty good in his last fight, but I think that uh, Sirkonov is somebody who can give him fits, I think, both on the feet and on the ground. So yeah. um, I, I'm leaning Misha Surkinov in
2: that fight for sure. Uh, G on Terman on... is with... Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, Terman is with, uh, right now, with Alex Pereira in Glover training. Is he? Oh, he's training out in
0: Connecticut. Okay, yeah, he beat Sam yeah, Alvey yeah. by unanimous decision, but... Uh, or sorry by split decision but the reason why it was a split decision is because he had two points deducted uh in that fight so oh, yeah. even with two points deducted he was able to to win a decision against Sam Alvey. so uh Jeez. had a good showing last time out
2: all right uh what other fights we got on this card Aaron?
0: well one fight that i'm really actually looking forward to is armand sarukian against uh joel alvarez alvarez i think oh, has looked fantastic like since joining the ufc uh he lost his first fight in the UFC against Demir Ismagulov, but has won four in a row since then against some pretty tough guys like uh, Joseph Duffy, um, Alexander Yakovlev, and uh, Thiago Moises in his last fight. Uh, and he was a pretty sizable underdog against Moises as well. So uh, he's looked really good. And I think Tarukian is uh, a really tough guy as well. He's ranked. Um, his only, deci- his only loss striker. is a decision loss to Islam Makhachev. So uh, he's beaten four in a row as well. So these guys both have a lot of momentum right now.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh how do you say it? Turkadian? Uh it's a Tur- Circadian yeah. is another one. Mix yeah, up. Caitlin Turkadian. Turcadian. Okay. Gee. You're getting,
0: getting you're, me you're, you're getting here. all no, the no. Armenian names confused.
2: I know, they're getting me because even I was cause the, the fight after always confuses me. It's an Armin Petrosian. Yeah. And Armin Petrosian, I know another Armin Petrosian is Giorgio Petrosian, the best kickboxer basically of all time, his brother. So now I'm all confused. But is this
0: his brother, or is this another guy named Armin Petrosian?
2: No, this is another guy named uh, Armin Petrosian. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching Circadian, Sarukian, and Petrosian all in one mind, mouthful. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and they're in back-to-back fights. (laughs) Yeah,
2: but uh, yeah, I don't know this Armin Petrosian, but I know uh, Chukadian I'm excited for.
0: Not to be confused with Armin Tanzarian. Sorry, Sarukian. Do you you know who Armin Tanzarian is? Uh, no, I know Manny Gambierian though, from mm. the old days. He's uh, Principal Skinner's real name, Armin, Armin Tanzerian, from The Simpsons. Oh, really?
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, Would have stumped me on the trivia there, and I like yeah. The Simpsons. Did, did you watch The Simpsons growing up? I did, every day when I came home from school. Yeah, 5 o'clock. Yep, and then I'd <laughs> watch that quick episode and then off to Taekwondo.
0: Yeah, or so there you go. So that was like the yeah. only thing you did outside of school and martial arts training, which yeah. is you watch, like 30 minutes of The Simpsons. come home.
2: I would basically watch FI because I'd be forced to come in from the, the schoolyard after school. Because I lived beside a school, they'd yell at me through the fence. So then I'd run home for dinner, watch the Simpsons, eat dinner, then off to the train. There you that's go. been my life.
0: Active kid. Still,
2: except for the, except still for that 30 life. minutes. Yeah, that's it. 30 I, minutes of eating in the Simpsons.
0: One of my favorites to watch is back, Ignacio Bajamondez taking on uh, Rongju. That should be an interesting one. Um... What else we got? Yeah, this, he's, what, he's the young
2: Chilean kid, right? That's yeah, like he trains uh, he?
0: in Chicago with uh, Bilal
2: Muhammad. Amazing. I love him. I love the kid. Good.
0: Yeah, excited to see yeah, him back he... so quickly. So, um, I haven't made any sort of TSN edge picks yet, Joe, so I can't lose you any money just yet. Well, I'll have those posted okay, online okay. soon.
2: I feel like you got to get your, your prop bets aren't coming through.
0: That's the thing. I've had a lot of success in the past with prop bets, and they've been failing me lately. So maybe I do. Maybe I need to start going parlays and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I I'm finding the most success in almost parlaying a few favorites. You know, I think parlaying a few small favorites seems to be the key for me lately.
0: Yeah, that that that's worked, but until it doesn't, and then suddenly you have all these cards where underdogs start winning and and busting parlays up. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes I'm finding over unders hear... killing me. Yeah, totals. Aside from main event totals, which I've which I've done well on so far this year. Uh, you're right. The, those other ones have been have been
2: difficult. Yeah. I uh, just caught one more fight that I wanted to create attention to. Terrence McKinney against uh, the
0: Firas Ziam, is it? Yeah, Firas Ziam. a very good fighter. I think Firas actually uh, oh, yeah. favored in that fight. But uh, nice to see Terrence McKinney back, and we'll see if he can continue his first round knockout streak.
2: Yeah. I mean, this Ziam kid, I swear he's been at a glory in France because he looks so familiar. I can guarantee... Yeah, he is. Firas
0: guarantee... Ziam is from... Is, uh, from he trains in France with, um, I think he trains with uh, Fernand
2: Lopez. Okay, so I, I'm pretty sure because I'm pretty sure Fernand Lopez was at one Glory event that I met. I saw him in the elevator, and I think this was the he was there and with like the pre-fight interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah, because I thought he was fighting, but it was his buddy who was fighting. So that's it's Always familiar from me. So uh, I got to kind of figure out where I saw him. So I'm going with the, the Glory event in France.
0: He's, he's actually at Sanford MMA now, I believe, for this camp. So. But, uh, yeah, looked great in his uh, last two fights against Luigi Vendramini and uh, Jamie Malarkey. So, um, coming off of a two-fight win streak. And then you've got McKinney, who is just starching guys in the first round. So, I'm eager to see how that one plays out.
2: Yeah, no, that's uh, definitely caught my attention. This is uh, an early start as well, right? Does this mean I'm rushing home? Yep, 4 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Yeah, it seems like the
0: Fight Nets are just going to be consistently starting at 4 p.m. Unless the, it's one of the cards that was supposed to be in Europe, those ones are starting a little bit earlier. So you're going to have to just start doing things ever, earlier in the gym.
2: Starting an hour yeah. earlier, Joe. Uh, it's the main The main card's perfect. Perfect time, the main card. It's the prelims. The first few fights, I always have to kind of rush in and go back. So um, Victor and Carlos, I might have to rewatch you after.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. The streak for Tasmania. I didn't want to say
2: Altamirano. Yeah, he was
0: a uh, Contender Series winner, so he's a a solid fighter. So here's the streak for Terrence McKinney. First round knockout in 16 seconds, first round knockout in 17 seconds, first round knockout in a minute and 12 seconds, and first round knockout in 7 seconds. Those are his last four fights.
4: Jeez, how many were
2: in the UFC? Two or three, or all of them? One in the UFC,
0: two in LFA, and one in a promotion called SHP. So this is
2: only a second UFC fight?
0: His second UFC fight. He fought on Contender Series oh. against Sean Woodson and lost to Sean
2: Woodson in the second round. Your guy. Okay. Sean Woodson, tall, good. Yeah, my boy, Sean. But, yeah, no, I mean, I thought I'd seen more of him. I just maybe because he made such a big splash yeah. in his first uh, fight. that You've seen seven seconds mind. of him. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, I'm still thinking about him. So that was a, a well worth seven seconds. But, yeah, no, he just I just remember it was his post-fight kind of speech. Wasn't it all about love and... Care was in it? it, one of those nice ones. Yeah, I think so. And he was, I, I know, it was nice to see him. Ones.
0: He was rooting for Matt Favola, who he recently beat, who he beat in his first fight, like in Favola's last fight. I always like to see that. When a guy gets a win over somebody, he's happy to see them bounce back. So that always warms my heart. Uh But, Joe, I've got to run. I've got a bunch of interviews that uh, I've got to get to, so... All We're right. actually going to tack them on to the end of this show. So uh, here comes some interviews your way. We've got an interview with Islam Makhachev and Bobby Green, the two main eventers, Misha Zirkunov in the co-main event uh, as well. And uh, Johan Linus will join us as well, the newest Canadian signed to the UFC roster off the Contender Series. So stay tuned for those interviews right now. Uh, Joe, thanks for doing that. Uh, thanks for doing this. I know you're, you're in the mobile studio this week. We'll, I'm, I'm sure, have you back That's in the main it. studio next week. And uh, we, can, uh, we can recap this great card.
2: All right. Hope the audio went well. And, uh, Hope everyone enjoys this
0: weekend's fights. It's the main event of this weekend's UFC Fight Night card, Islam Makhachev, facing Bobby Green, a short-notice opponent. You've had a lot of short-notice opponents over the years. No hesitation to take these uh, these kind of fights?
4: You know, no problem, because it doesn't matter when they change opponents. Like, Friday before one day, before two days, always... Same goal, and I'm always training hard, that's why, right. For me, it's nothing.
0: I was surprised by it because a lot of fighters, when they're ranked, they don't like to fight the unranked fighters. I'm sure you had this problem when you were coming up and you were an unranked fighter, and a lot of these guys in the rankings didn't want to face you. Is that this kind of your way of paying <laughs> paying those fighters back? Taking fighters, fights end with of, unranked guys? You
4: know, end of this year, I'm gonna take the belt and I'm gonna fix this problem, you know? <laughs>
0: Were there any assurances for you that if you win but, this fight... But, Sorry,
4: go ahead, but, Islam. When, when Benil is injured, I ask all from top 10 who is free. I tell my manager, I ask the people who is going to fight. But nobody gave me an answer.
0: Have you been given any sort of promises that you're going to get a title shot if you get a win here? Because obviously you're putting yourself in a position of
4: risk to face a guy that isn't ranked. It's going to be, for me, like 10-fight win streak. I think this is key for title fight, you know. And this is going to be a very good match if Oliveira beat Justin, 10-win streak versus 11-win streak. It's going to be a very big fight for all MMA fans.
0: You've predicted that Charles Oliveira will beat Justin Gaethje. Uh, how do you think that Charles Oliveira wins that fight?
4: I think Charles can finish him. His grappling is good, but but I think he's going to take him down, take his back, and finish him there.
0: Do you see any parallels of a fight between yourself and Charles Oliveira and the fight that many years ago people talked about was Khabib and Tony Ferguson? Everybody said, if Khabib takes Tony down, Tony's got all this offense off of his back. Do you see a parallel there between yourself and Oliveira and Khabib and Tony?
4: No, I complete with... High level grapplings, grapplings guys. I never have problem with some grappling because I love grappling too. Because my re- grappling skills, I I think it's high level. That's why it's gonna be good match, you know. And uh, honestly, I don't think uh, Tony have good 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 grappling skills. He have, but some choke. But I don't really know, you know. I asked him too last week. I asked him, hey, let's make this Tony. That moment he is not announced as Chandler, but this guy, too, no no give me answer. He didn't.
0: And you mentioned Gregor Gillespie, who's a decorated wrestler as well. He had no interest in this I asked
4: asked Gillespie, too. This guy, too, didn't uh, give me answer.
0: What do you think of Bobby Green and his style? He's an in-your-face fighter. He's going to be throwing uh, punches for the entire duration of the fight when it's on the feet. And uh, he's he's a very difficult guy because he turns up the heat a lot. He's always in people's faces. Uh, is is he an opponent that, uh, when you look at his style, compared to Benil Darius, it's very different?
4: I don't care about his style. I just have my style always the same. I'm going to take him down, make him tired there, and... I'm going to try to finish him there.
0: Yeah, that's kind of something that's unique about yourself and, and Habib, was that it doesn't seem to matter who the opponent is. They've got to, to train for you. You don't really need to train for them. Is that the way you see it?
4: Yeah, because, you know, man, I'm training so hard. And this camp, I am training, you know, the last three months so hard. And I told them, hey, don't ask me if somebody going to, Jump to the fight, let's go. Just sign contract because I want to fight because I spend spend a lot of time in this training camp. Doesn't matter when they change opponent or who is opponent.
0: Is the timing for this very good for you? Because the lightweight title is going to be contested in May, according to reports. Uh, That's during Ramadan, or at least around the time of Ramadan, which would mean that the next time the title is going to be defended would be a time where typically during the year you do fight. So do you like the timing of all of this working out?
4: Yeah, I'm going to fight now, next Saturday, and I'm going to wait and who is going to win, Justin or Oliveira. And end of, end of this year, Abu Dhabi have some event, and I think Abu Dhabi is the best for, place for me for the fight because all my fans from Russia, from around the world, can come to Abu Dhabi easily.
0: A lot of your training partners have fights coming up as well. Um, Uzman Nurmagomedov, uh, Tagir Ulan Bekov is on this card with you. Is it nice to be able to have fights uh, around the same time as a lot of your training partners because you guys are all training for an upcoming bout, like you guys are right in camp together?
4: Yeah, we bring all guys from the, our team together. and We try to make for everybody fight, you know, same month or same week because this is easy when you training together, weight together. That's why now we have like eight or nine people from our team. We have now Tagir is going to fight next week. Omar Nurmagomedov going to fight next week. And we have Gadri and he going to fight in Bellator. And we have many, many fighters we have fights from.
0: Do you guys all split a private plane? Do you guys fly private from uh, Mahashkala to, uh, to the U.S.?
4: No. From regular plane, economy
0: class. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll end it on that light note. Uh, thank you for this. Really appreciate it. It's a 160 pound weight, a couple less pounds to have to cut this week against Bobby Green, the uh, main event for UFC Fight Night. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate your time.
4: Thank
0: you. Thank you. I'm pleased to be joined by Bobby King Green, who's in the main event against Islam Makhachev. Short notice assignment, 160 pounds so when you get this phone call to face Islam Makhachev, did you jump at this opportunity, or were there a couple of things that you needed to get tied up before you were able to take the fight?
1: Oh, no, no, sir. No, sir. Not at all. A jump opportunity. I'm always going to go. They, they, they call somebody to come get in the show. I guess I'm that guy.
0: Absolutely. Well, you've always shown that you have a propensity for doing this very, very well. Uh, I've been watching a lot of your fights earlier today from uh, back in King of the Cage. Uh, strike force and it 's really amazing how much your style has evolved over time. You can see like the glimpses in young Bobby of what you 're going to become uh What has been the i guess the biggest key for you to to shore up the the different holes that you had earlier and and really tighten up your game to where you 're now at a, a point where you could be a top five fighter at this time next week
1: um every every day I learn something new every day i 'm getting better um, just. Putting it all together, I guess it's all coming together now. What's your favorite fight from those days?
0: From like one of my favorite things that I saw, and I I posted earlier today was when you fought in Affliction. Your fight style was hood. That's that's what it had written down as as your fight style. But do you have any any memories from uh, from back then that really stand out to you as a, a special moment for you?
1: Hmm... Not really. They're all special to me in different ways, you know. Uh, back in the days, I used to call my style hood just to, like, let people know that I'm bringing this street stuff to, to the fighting industry, you know. But uh, I would say if I had some favorite moments I like the Pat Healy fight. I would say I like the the James Cross fight. I don't like the way it, it ended, but I like that fight. I thought it was dope. And so those are some memorable moments for me, I think.
0: The Josh Thompson fight, I imagine, was very memorable for you as well because it was right after uh, the unfortunate passing of your brother. And uh, basically, yeah. it's like from watching, I guess, the lead-up to that fight and the fight itself, it seemed like you poured everything you had into that fight.
1: Yeah, you're, um, and that definitely was a big one for me too. I went through a lot of trials and tribulations during the, right before that fight.
0: And right now, do you feel like you're just at a place where at any point in time, if they called you, you could just step in there and you'd be good to go against... You know anybody in the world on short notice and put up as good of a fight as anybody could
1: yes sir yes sir um i'm always ready to go i just wish that it wasn't so close from my last fight you know i still got scars and stuff on my knuckles from the last one yeah you know? so that's my only problem It's just uh if i had a little more time you've
0: been very generous to us uh in recent years you know it, it seemed like there were all these long layoffs between your fights for some time where it would be a year, a year and a half uh, between uh, you know each of your fights. And lately you've been so active and so busy over the last couple of years. Uh, what was the thing that allowed you to do that, to, that allowed you to be uh, fighting every three, four months as opposed to, I guess, a couple of years ago when it was like every year, year and a half?
1: That's really interesting that you noticed that. Um, I went through a whole period where I had a bunch of surgeries, you know, where I was just kind of like, my body was breaking down. I think I was overtraining and just re- just breaking my body down and so I had surgeries while you saw me go from a year and and so and another year and now it's to the point where I'm more active now is that I learned how to train better
0: I think from people watching your fights they wouldn't realize how decorated of a wrestler you were Uh, in high school you were a state champion and uh, I, I remember watching a clip of you talking about how You entered a wrestling tournament. You were doing all of these things that nobody had ever seen before in wrestling. And somebody that was, I guess, the day that somebody said you should take up fighting. And you you looked at a a bill and you saw somebody fighting on that bill that you had beaten up in wrestling so easily. And you thought, hey, maybe I could do this. But do you think that people are not taking that into consideration going into this fight against Islam Makhachev, a guy who, uh, in order to beat you, I believe, is going to have to wrestle you and take you down?
1: Yeah, yeah. Nobody believes in my wrestling, you know, and and Islam's so dominant with his wrestling. So we're definitely going to get to see uh, Cali wrestling versus Dagestan, you know, and see how it goes.
0: Why haven't we seen your wrestling all that much in the cage in recent years? Is it because you've gotten so good on the feet that you you need to use your wrestling more defensively than offensively because you'd rather uh, keep it on the feet because you know you have an advantage against almost anybody there?
1: Um... One is just that it's not entertaining, you know. And be honest with you, it's not. It's like uh, people don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see people hugging each other, holding each other for so long. So for me, it's just like it's not entertaining. So I don't want to do it. And like I'll, I can, I could wrestle with everybody and do all that stuff, but to me, it's boring. Like be for a long time to me was boring. Boring, you know and, and even when he's sometimes finishing fights I was sleeping up until the point of the finish and so to me it's about the product you sell you know what are you selling is it entertainment is it you know is it just you trying to win a match because winnings everything to these guys to me it's not to me it's it's making memorable fights you know
0: and people keep asking you about being ranked and you know, you're going to move up the rankings. Did you take this fight so you could be ranked? You've said the rankings don't really mean much to me. It's more about making money in this sport uh, while I'm here. Do you, do you continue to hold that true, as true? You don't like the rankings are kind of an afterthought to you. If it comes, it comes. It doesn't make a difference.
1: Same person to the end. And what I said from the beginning is I feel the same way now. I don't care about the rankings. You be in the rankings today and be out of the rankings tomorrow. I don't even know who runs that and sometimes i kind of get a little bit like why and why they rank this and why they do that it's the newest hypest who just fought and and blah 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 so i just don't even care about the rankings bro and people
0: keep talking about uh, kind of parallels to jorge masvidal that you have you know masvidal was also in strike force he's been around for a minute and he's uh become this, this big star big box office draw do you see yourself becoming that in, in the coming years and, and becoming somebody who is able to to build up that kind of a reputation in the UFC uh, where you have a marketability that extends beyond, you know, these championship belts, rankings, you look at that BMF championship. Is that something along the lines of what you want to bring to the table in the, in the next couple of years in the UFC?
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be dope. You know, um, I see like Maslow got his shine finally and I'm starting to get mine, um, yeah, I just feel, felt like I always was patient with this, you know, uh, just doing me and staying true to myself, staying true to uh, what I want to do. And I figured that it would somewhat sooner let later catch on and, and it's finally catching on.
0: What do you think the key has been? Why do you think it's just catching on now? Like I said, you've been around for a long time, doing this for uh, a long time, and your your fight style has remained fairly consistent. It's gotten better and better, but it's, we know what to expect from a Bobby Green fight.
1: Um, brother. Yeah, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you. I could tell people it's like, it's like kind of like a Tupac thing. Tupac says something like somebody will be next to him. And the next week, all of a sudden, they just act like they like they didn't even they can't even stand around them. And so it's like crazy. Like, I was at an Anaheim show watching Anaheim guys. And here I am in California. And a lot of people weren't noticing me like that. And then all of a sudden, It's just this big, what, you know, all these people and stuff. So it's a weird and interesting thing that's going on. And all I can do is keep being me. If people fuck with it, they like it, they don't. It's cool, you know?
0: I think there's two A's. There's activity and there's authenticity. And those are the two things that you've really been bringing to the table. We talked about how the activity has changed over the years, how you've been fighting closer and closer together. If Bobby Green is on everybody's TV all the time, people are going to think more and more about Bobby Green. Do you think that's kind of what it is?
1: Man, I think you might have nailed it. The two A's, you know, the two A's. Um, yeah, authenticity, though, I think it's, it's uh, definitely the number one. You know, being unique, being yourself, being uh, the product that you sell. It's so all my fighters. What kind of product are you selling? This is the product that I'm selling. I'm selling good fights. I'm selling entertainment. I'm selling all these different things, you know, that come with my fights that I don't feel like a lot of fights are trying to do.
0: my name is aaron so i'm all about the two a's Uh, my my whole life's been about the two a's right off the top but it's not copyright so if you want to throw authenticity and activity out there bobby green of course you are free to use that at any time
1: yeah the double a's i like that bro all
0: right well we uh we look forward to seeing you in the main event against islam Makhachev. it's uh this weekend uh five round fight 160 pounds and uh, hopefully this time next week, you're number five in the rankings, number four in the rankings. But it won't matter to you anyways. As long as your those checks are clearing, you're buy, you're paying off houses, and you're, you're everybody's saying the name Bobby Green. That's what matters. It's authenticity, it's activity, and it's Bobby Green. We look forward to seeing you do your thing this weekend.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All I can do is just try to entertain these people that come to see these fights. That's all my main thing is to motivate, inspire, and electrify, you know, give them something that they can feel. That's it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you guys.
0: Happy to be joined by Misha Surkinov is in the co-main event of this weekend's UFC Fight Night against Wellington Sherman. So, Misha, I watched your interview with James Lynch from a couple of weeks ago, and you were talking about uh, cutting down to middleweight and how much of a stress that was for you last time around. But now that you've done it and you've alleviated that kind of stress, how much easier is it for you heading into this weekend?
3: I just... It's... Um... It's a lot different in terms of uh, it's easier because I know I can do it. So now I'm just uh, kind of like trusting the process, and uh, I'm gonna be a little bit bigger and stronger uh, this time. Because second time around, making the weight is gonna be a little bit. Uh, I have more information and know what I'm doing better, and I'll be able to bounce back to uh, power and energy. And you know, it should it should be better, uh, better time definitely.
0: So there's a lot of the stress from it just not knowing how it was going to go because you hadn't done it in such a long time uh, and that kind of weighed on you heading into the fight?
3: Um, yeah, just because I I actually never made down to that weight. So I wasn't sure, you know, how it's going to go and all that. But uh, yeah, n- now I know I can do it. I'm not, I'm not worried about if I can make it or not. I'm just uh, trying to kind of like implement all the other things to, you know, being strong and maintaining your energy after. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot better outcome this time around.
0: Tell me what it was like when you stepped on the scale last time and the person for the commission said whatever, 186 or whatever it was. How big of a weight off your shoulder was that when when that moment happened?
3: Yeah, you know, when I signed up for for it, I knew, like, I'm signing up for it, so I'm going to do it. Like I, I don't I, I don't wanna be kinda like, you know, oh almost made it or, or not, you know? So I just had to figure out how to do it, but I know it's possible and uh yeah. It's definitely possible and uh, I'm gonna use the maximum advantages for uh for my for my competition.
0: But to an extent last time, did that become the fight for you? Like in your head were you so much more worried about getting on the scale than you were actually facing Kristof Jotko?
3: I was like a little bit of both, you know. It was uh not so much like worried to face uh, Jotko. Like I know he's a tough guy, but I I with like many tough tough people and I know like I still feel like, you know, deep down um 185 like I can still beat him. Um you just do have to do everything proper, you know, it's just my first time making the weight and you know, it was uh it was a good experience, but I think that it's uh, it's going to be better this time around.
0: So this is a short-notice opponent. Uh, when you found out you were going to be facing Wellington Turman, how did he stack up in your mind as an opponent?
3: I mean, he's a tough guy. You know, he's young, he's explosive. He, you know, is pretty versatile. He can fight a little everywhere. Uh, it's a, It's a good fight, you know. It's a good fight. Have you trained with Sam Alvey? I think Sam Alvey uh,
0: fought him last time, but he trains out in Vegas sometimes, does he not?
3: Yeah, no, I've seen Sam Alvey, but no, we never trained together. We kind of like been doing our own thing, but I I did run into him. Uh, Definitely a good guy. I watched them fight, I watched their fight as well. Uh, Yeah, it's, you know, he's a a tough guy, for sure. Are you going to be wearing protective eye gear after watching uh, Alvey's
0: fight with with Wellington German?
3: yeah just just staying aware of certain things you know but uh yeah it is what it is <laughs> uh for this particular
0: fight you're not training at extreme couture anymore that's something you also mentioned in your interview with james um what made you decide to leave extreme couture and uh, not train there anymore and i know you're training now at drysdale and uh and the pi and a couple other places
3: Yeah, I'm just trying, just training everywhere, whatever, you know, I can get good training and whoever wants to train, solid sessions, it's it's not about like, oh, I don't train here or I don't train there. I train with a lot of people from, you know, that do train at Extreme and other gyms and, you know, I just train with everybody, you know, and like, I I don't just specify just one spot and that's where I'm known and I just train there and, you know. I drink there, I train there, I take shower there. It doesn't matter, you know, as long as you get good training with good people and getting better, it's all about involving but
0: you're gonna have a different corner this time around. I know Ray, Ray Seppo is not in your corner this time. Um, what made you decide to no longer work with Ray?
3: I'm uh, just uh I'm just trying to try new things, you know, I'm just seeing you know I worked with Ray uh, for some time, and it was great, you know, I had a few things and Now I'm just uh, trying to expand, and uh, work on myself, and add to myself as much as I possibly can. And, uh, yeah, it's just trying to work on myself, you know?
0: Have you still been doing a lot of virtual reality and, and things like that in terms of visualization for this fight?
3: Uh, You know, a little bit. There's like some really good uh, boxing games. So I've been doing uh, a little bit of that. Some really interesting stuff that coming out for virtual reality definitely um, in the future is going to be, I think, really, really popular. Um, But yeah, just a a little bit of virtual reality for sure. gets a good sweat going.
0: We talked about going to different places to get training. Are you thinking of going anywhere else in the future uh, outside of Las Vegas for, for training? I know a lot of people are going out to uh, to Florida to train at the bigger gyms there.
3: Yeah, you know, I would, I would really love to train, uh, check out gym in uh, Florida. Um, I know a lot of guys that train there and just good climate, good environment also. So I would love to uh, check out some training there at some point. Definitely. All right, Misha, well, we'll be enjoying you uh, doing
0: your thing this weekend. You're in the coming event against Wellington Tournament. It's uh, always a pleasure speaking with you and look forward to catching up with you again uh, after you get the win this weekend.
3: Thanks a lot, guys, and then tune in. Uh, you, you're going to see best performance of Misha Sirkinov, and uh, it's going to be a, a really good fight. Tune in this Saturday.
0: Looking to join a lineage of great welterweights from Quebec. That have been in the UFC like George St. Pierre and your training partner Patrick the Predator Cote. He is Johan Linus, and he joins me now. Uh, Johan, well, first off, welcome to the UFC. A big challenge ahead of you with Gabe Green. Not a very easy first opponent for you.
5: Ah uh, yes. Uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, thanks to you to uh, bring me uh, the chance to be here. Uh, uh, Gabriel Green, I'm very excited about this opponent. Uh, I think it's a good fight for me. Uh, a guy is a ten. And 3 a lot of experience. Uh, he didn't fight uh, At least he, his last fight is, is long away for him. So uh, I'm in a good moon I'm in the in a good situation right now uh, a lot of energy around me. I'm very uh, excited for my UFC debut
0: Well, I see a tail wagging so positive energy positive energy near you
5: Yes, of course
0: <laughs> What kind of dog is that a black lab?
5: a uh, R- R-
0: <laughs> oh, Rottweiler. Okay. Uh, one, yes. thing, one thing I mentioned—I uh, want to mention to you first off—is to thank you. Right before you entered the cage for the Contender Series, I said Johan Linus is a seven-to-one underdog by to win by KO. I, I go—I don't know what the line makers are thinking here, and it, it took you about a minute and a half to make me look very smart. So I appreciate
5: that. <laughs> Thanks to you, no problem with that. I think a lot of people uh, was uh, surprised about that performance. A lot of people don't know me about uh, around the world, so uh, a lot of people that make a lot of money this night.
0: Well, absolutely. Well, you were the CFFC champion. Now, of course, you, you're in the UFC. Um, well, tell me about your mixed martial arts journey. How did you get to where you are now?
5: Um, at least I, I did mixed martial arts since like five years uh, right now, full time. Uh, uh, i have a, a grow up my amateur career very fast uh i win a championship and uh, i passed professional uh, at uh, two years after that uh because of the pandemic i was like uh, 16 months without fighting that was rough but uh when i found cffc uh in philadelphia uh, I, I got a lot of win. I take a lot of win. And I get the champion uh, championship uh, fight win again, Evan Scott. So now I'm 7-0. and Got my chance for the contender series. And I uh, did a, a great performance. So now we are here. UFC debut. Still undefeated. 8-0. 6 KO, And 5 in the first round. Uh, that's my life. I live for that moment. Vegas was amazing. And can't wait for the April 30.
0: In your first amateur fight, you were 24 years old. How long had you been practicing martial arts for at that point?
5: Uh, I did a lot of boxing when I was young. started boxing when I was uh, very young. I did a lot of hockey too. I touched at taekwondo, but it, w- it, it was never for the competition. Uh, when I was young, I started boxing like when I was 12, uh, 30, 14 years old. But my dad uh, didn't want me to fight. And uh, you need to have like a signature of the parent when the kids uh, want to fight when you're not a uh, Major, so uh, I can have the, the chance to fight a lot when I was young. So uh, it was always the up and down. And when I decided to, to very be disciplined and full-time, uh, there's a lot of successful uh, win in front of me.
0: And how do your parents like it now, now that you're a professional fighter in the UFC? Uh, they are
5: my uh, fan number one. They follow me a lot. They, uh, they, 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 they see all the sacrifice, all the discipline, all the things that I put uh, in my life. To, to, to go where i am and uh, they, they support me a lot so i'm very happy here with, i'm very close to to my family
0: and did you watch the ufc when you were growing up
5: yes of course of course uh, every everyone know me uh, when i was young is not surprised that i'm a ufc fighter right, right now
0: is that because you got into fights when you were younger or because you liked the ufc
5: uh because no because i always i was, I was I always bring my eyes when I, they have a fight and then uh, fight on the glass. Uh, I, I, I love the, the war, movie of war, uh, like uh, the, the samurai and all the things like that. Uh, I, I'm very close to that and I, I, I love the bushido code. I love the, the way of the samurai and everything around the war. That was, because uh, it, it was fight or something else like that. Uh, I, I love that. So uh, when I was young, I, I started to uh, fix it Uh, on that uh, very, very young.
0: Sure, a lot like George St. Pierre. You're very much about the purity of the sport and and everything that comes with it in that regard.
5: Yes, of course. George St. Pierre is a very good inspiration for me. He's a a Quebec, Canadian guy. Uh, He did a lot of good things for the sport. And uh, he's one of the the, the best uh, inspiration for me, for sure.
0: And, Of course, I'm sure Patrick Cote is a big inspiration for you. He's your he's your training partner. I don't I think he's one of your, he was one of your coaches at least on the Contender series. And of course, a colleague of mine over at RDS. Uh, tell me about your relationship with Patrick Cote.
5: Oh, Patrick Cote helped me a, a lot. Seriously, uh, since uh, like six or seven months, uh, he bring in my training camp a lot of IQ, a lot of conditioning, a lot of experience. The guy has been in in the, that before so you know the road uh, perfectly so uh, mentally and physically he, he bring my game to another level and i'm very happy about that so uh, i i just this morning we did a lot of conditioning together and we have a very good relation and uh, I'm, I'm very happy to to have uh, patrick put like he's my head coach he take care of my training camp and take care of my career he, he helped me for a lot of things outside of the fighting so Uh, I'm very happy to have him uh, by my side.
0: Now, right after you got signed, there was the rematch between Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman. And now we've got Colby Covington again fighting uh, in one week, taking on Jorge Masvidal in the main event of UFC 273? 272? 272, I think it is. These numbers, there's so many of them now, I get confused. But uh, how do you think that fight goes? This is in your weight class, and I'd love to pick your brain on it.
5: Uh, of course, Masvidal is very uh, ex- explosive. Uh, we never really know what he can bring. A lot of heart. Uh, Covington have a good wrestling. They both have a lot of uh, sparring before together. So it's going to be interesting to, to see what's going to happen. Uh, I'm just always very exciting when I see like two guys of the top. Uh, 15 or top 10 top 5 uh, who fight each other that's make a lot of uh, of good uh, technique in the in the fight so uh, I'm very excited about this one uh, open masvidal is going to win
0: I've heard you say in an interview before that you're not the you're not so fond of colby Covington, you don't really like the guy
5: No I don't really like the the example the 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 uh, image the well what he show at the the, the world uh, I'm not really sure to respect that what
0: about it? Do you dislike? I mean, obviously there's a promotional element to the sport, but uh, do you just feel it's like going overboard a lot of the time?
5: For Kobe a victim.
0: Yeah, I, obviously he, he's trying to promote himself, but at the same time he says some things that I'm sure a lot of people don't really like.
5: Yeah, of course, of course, and uh, uh, I don't think it's on on this. It's good for him, and uh, it's good for for. for for his career at the end of the day, but the guy do his, his thing and buy his home. So uh, he he's the boss of the train and he, uh, it's his story. That's it. I saw you were in Florida somewhat recently. Did you end up
0: training anywhere while you were there? Sorry? I saw you were in Florida somewhat recently. Were you training uh, at all while you were yeah, yeah, there?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just uh, taking like five day of vacation. That's something that I'm, it's very hard for me. Because my life is always around mixed martial arts. I'm coaching kids. I'm coaching private. Uh, I'm always in the gym. So for me, the the only way to to take vacation and take some day off is to leave. And uh, here in Canada, it's a lot of it's winter. a lot of uh, a lot of snow outside. And so just go at uh, Miami and Florida. Take a uh, four or five day off with my girlfriends before I get back and start a uh, ten weeks of training camp.
0: I'm hoping to do the same sometime soon. I'm, I'm here in Toronto. We've got lots of snow, and uh, it would be great to go to Florida. My parents are there right now. They're in Florida. I'd love to go out there as well.
5: Yes. I'm supposed to go in Toronto, maybe like at Niagara Top Team, Niagara Falls, Niagara Top Team. It's a good uh, gym uh, uh, in in that place. So maybe I'm going to go there like one week uh, in the next two weeks just to train a little bit.
0: I know you've been on the undercard for Aaron Jeffrey's fights, and Aaron Jeffrey trains... Uh, out there at Niagara top team, a great team, a, a great up and coming team for Canada to have something in Southern Ontario like that.
5: Yeah, it's very nice, very cool to see how the, the gyms grow up and now they have a, a new place. Uh, so the gym like to look like it's gonna, is very good. So I'm very happy for those guys. They train very hard. They work hard. So the the gym is full, very happy for us. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there to see uh, the energy of the thing.
0: All right, Johan, well, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, nice to meet you, and I'm looking forward to your fighting about two months' time against Gabe Green. Uh, hopefully, I'll catch up with you before then. Appreciate your time. Look forward to speaking with you again soon.
5: Thank you very much. Thanks to you.
1: Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash